significant happening in your heart as you are coming, and I believe that there is, but always remember that, um, that we have to turn to him. Let me know that he changed not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never moves. Uh, we move at times, and so we need to make sure that we keep moving toward him. Amen. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter, the gospel of Matthew chapter number five, verses 13 through 16. Uh, Matthew chapter number five, verses 13 through 16. And if I could have, uh, uh, Brother Calvin, you got a watch. Can you clock me at 20? Let me know when I'm at 15, please. I appreciate it. And you can, Kevin, Kevin. I say, what'd I say? Kevin, that's right. You got it. All right. So we, we can start now on the clock. Amen. Okay, we'll start reading at verses 13 through 16. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how should it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Father, speak to us as we pray. I am taking a great risk tonight, um, and I need you all to be praying with me as I talk very briefly about what I want to talk about. Um, I think it goes without saying, uh, our theme this year, and I think um, uh, we all know what our theme is about, a cry to a nation. And uh, I don't know, and, you know, at least in my time, I've seen that our country is probably more divided than I personally have witnessed. Um, I think as time draws nearer and nearer to Christ, um, there's going to be an increase in some of the activity uh, that we are seeing. And I often avoid politics because I believe that politics, uh, ultimately, that all politics is going to bow down to Jesus Christ. I firmly believe that. And so if you want to know where your pastor stands, I'm not really aligned with any party. I don't believe any one of them or have the answers to the problems of this world. Uh, how many know if they did, things would be a whole lot better now. But what I want to talk about tonight is that, and I want you to think about this, if Jesus was walking the planet, let's just say he was here and he spent time with us, could you see him joining any political party? Do you see him out there picketing with the sign and just yelling and screaming at people? And Could you see him doing that? I want you to think for a moment about and you have heard and seen all of us, we, a lot of people wear the what would Jesus do little band. How do you think Jesus would respond today in this very, very polarizing culture in our nation? Would he come and get in somebody's face like I saw the other day and people are getting into physical violence and confrontations? I've seen people say some of the most horrific things about other people. And sometimes we do it all in the name of Jesus. We do it all in the name of God. And I believe that as Christians, it's important that we exude the character of Christ at all times. 
We know what the spirit of God is by its fruit. The tree is known by the fruit it bears. And no matter what the situation is and what the political climate is, Christians are called to live in a different way. I had uh, read an article and I had uh, forwarded some some of you all and uh, I think it was a well-crafted article by a gentleman by the name of Brian Zond. And uh, he had wrote an article, and the title of that piece was The Church as an Alternative Society. Now, let me just, let me just make this very, very clear right from the onset. Uh, I believe that the church must be involved in our culture and changing the world. I believe that the church, that we as people of God should vote. We as people of God should get involved in the political process. But I believe that our allegiance must always be to Jesus Christ and not to any political party. In case you didn't realize it, uh, whether it's Democrat or Republican, neither one of them are pushing the agenda of God. Not really. if that were the case, you wouldn't see some of the things that we see. And uh, it's good to kind of remind ourselves of that because the, the, the issue before us is what must the church be doing? Because we're talking about praying for our country. We're talking about praying for our nation. And we cannot neglect exactly what we see before us. So how does the church respond in all of this? What, do, what are we to do? As it relates, when we see all this anger and we see this frustration and, and we see people going at each other, what, how is the church supposed to respond? And I believe to an extent that many of us are a little bit confused on the issue because we know some things. You know, obviously God is against some of, the, some of these issues like abortions and homosexuality. And we can go, we can have a whole list and we all understand what that means. But but but. I want you to understand, and I think it's important that we understand that Jesus, that the church must position itself so that we can win Democrats and Republicans. Did you hear me? In other words, some people only see people through political eyes. Well, if you're Republican, I can't talk to you because you're greedy. You're about big business. If you're a Democrat, you're a flaming liberal, and you're just where anything goes. And I've heard all the talking points, and I've heard all the arguments, and, 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 and people do it and because they, they believe that, that God is really behind them, and, 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 that, uh, and they do it all in the name of God. Until you see some of the activity that you see, and I look at some of these ads, and how many know that, that a lot of politicians lie? Um, is one, is one party line or is both of them line or all three? I mean, it, it's lies all over the place. Every time you turn around, somebody telling a lie. And there have been some people that have gotten frustrated and said, well, you know, I'm just going to stay out of it all together because you can't trust anybody. And I believe it's a stark reminder to us. Jesus says that we are the light of the world. What does that look like and what does that really mean? I believe what that really looks like and what it means for us is that we are not to try to necessarily change the world through the political system. But we get our cues from Jesus Christ. 
And it's not, it's not about how many donkeys or how many elephants that we get into the White House. It's about the Lamb of God. Amen. It's about Jesus Christ. As, for as Christian, he must be our main focal point and the leader of everything and every decision that we do. And I know for some that, you know, again, we feel very, very strongly about it. But what I'm talking about tonight is how are we going to reach these people? Christians are not just to be uh, a, a part of the problem. We need to be the solution. How many believe that Jesus Christ is the solution? So then we must position ourselves so that as everybody is fighting, that we're standing there, we're involved, but we're letting them know, hey, there is a better way. Jesus' way is the better way. How many know that Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom of peace? It's a kingdom of righteousness. And we must be sanctified enough to see objectively and to be able to see things through the lens of Christ. In other words, what and how would Jesus handle this situation? Do we pray? The Bible says pray for our enemies. When we get political enemies, we don't pray for them, do we? A lot of times we're like, oh, no, you've got some issues. You've got issues and we're passionate. The Bible says love your enemies. Do good to those that do you harm. That's the message of the kingdom. And so if we're not doing that, then we're not living out the principles that Jesus wants us to live by. Thereby, we're not really able to change the world or change a generation because we're locked into something and we're bogged down because we only see it from one perspective. The church must be always viewed as that entity that is somewhat like a big brother, if you will, above the fray. Not in a prideful sense, not in the sense that we are, uh, you know, we think we're better than everybody else. It's just Jesus put it this way, in case you're wondering, well, Pastor, what's your scriptural uh, backing of what you're saying? Well, then not Jesus said to Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, my people would be fighting for me. He said, but my kingdom is not of this world. So in other words, what he was essentially saying is, listen, he didn't come join the he didn't come join the Sadducees, and he ain't come and join the Pharisees. Both of them had arguments. One of them, the Sadducees, they said they didn't believe in the resurrection. They said there ain't no resurrection. They, you're foolish to think there's no such thing. Pharisees said yes, it is, and, and there were big political divides and people going at each other. But you notice Jesus never ever connected with nobody like that, where he bogged himself down and he put himself in the box. He never did. He said, he said, he said, my will is to do the will of him that sent me. And the Bible says that we are citizens. How many know we have dual citizenship? We have a, we're citizens of this country, but first and foremost, we're citizens of the kingdom of God. And so, the, so what we need to be asking ourselves is that as we're praying about our nation and we're praying about these things that we're seeing, we need to position ourselves in a way that we get the mind of God, that we get the mind of Christ and begin to understand and say, Lord, I, I understand all this, but Lord, how am I supposed to deal with this situation that is in front of me? Because I believe that and I've heard the, you know, different presidents and they'll say, well, America is a, 
is the hope of the world. I don't believe that no country is the hope of the world. I believe Jesus is the hope of the world. I firmly believe Jesus is the hope of the world. I love my country. It's the greatest country on the planet, in my opinion. But it's not the hope of the world. And we must always be rooted in, in truth. And we must remember that Jesus came so that he can transform the world, not to just leave it the way it was. I mean, when Jesus, he went into sinful environments, but when he went there, uh, you know, he usually, uh, he didn't leave stuff the same. He changed it. He changed any environment. He didn't just hang around people just to be hanging around them. He, when he went in the situation, when he left, somebody knew he was there. Jesus just spent some time over here because he was challenging me. See, we got to change the world. We, in other words, we got to preach the kingdom. Jesus kept going around preaching the kingdom of God. And so we're going to be able to kind of uh, uh, navigate our way through all of these things and be able to get the mind of God and that God might heal our nation. Then we must understand who our allegiance to. Our, our, our number one allegiance is to Jesus Christ. Nothing is more important than that. His mission. What is the, his mission for the church? That is our mission in the world today. You remember uh, Joshua. And, uh, and I'll just, uh, you know, you don't have to turn there, but in Joshua chapter number 13 and verse 15, I think, no, Joshua 13, um, Joshua 5, verses 13 through 15. Joshua, he's standing there, he's getting ready to fight and inherit the land of promise, and then this commander of the Lord's army just kind of show up. And he shows up with a sword, and Joshua sees him. He says, whose side are you on? Are you on their side, or are you with him, or them, or with us? Are you with the adversary, or? And, and he says, "No, I'm. I'm really not with neither. Uh, I'm the captain of the Lord's army, and I'm on the Lord's side." How I many know that's where we need to be? We need to be on the Lord's side, and people need to understand that I am on the Lord's side, and Jesus has emphatically said and made it. Very, very poignant that we are the salt of the earth. The church is. That we are the ones that's supposed to make it all right or make it all better. We are the ones that's supposed to raise the bar and lift up the standard around us. You know that there are some people, you know, and I can tell you when, when we would really be people that I think that we come to a place where we're really kind of in a neutral position. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you need to agree with certain things. How I many know you can't agree with things that are sinful? That's from either party. So in my, in my vernacular, if you're a Democrat and the Democrats does something and they promote stuff that is sin, I call it out. If the Republicans promote something that is sin, I call it out. In other words, how I many know truth is truth? No matter where it comes from. Amen. And we got to come to. And you mean to tell me we gotten to a point that we can't even say anything nice about each other at all. And I sit back and I look at some of the stuff that goes on. I was watching. I was watching the other day and uh, these people was, was stomping. Each, uh, they was uh, holding up signs and, and, you know, and stomping a person's head on the ground. In the name of Jesus, they were doing that. And I'm sitting back saying, my goodness, has it come to that? Has it come to that? 
And so the question is, how, how, how are we going to respond to this as believers? I believe if we're going to pray for our nation, because when we pray for our nation, we pray for our families. When we pray for our families. We pray for our homes. We pray for our governments. We pray for our, um, you know, our children, because all of them is a part of this nation and what God is doing. And I really believe that if we're really going to be able to have an impact, because I think as ugly as things has become, I think also it's the greatest opportunity for the church to pray and to be able to influence people to come to Jesus. Because at the end of the day, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you smell like. I want to see you in the kingdom of God. I want to see you saved. Jesus wanted to see men saved. And that's the way he conducted himself. That must be the way that we conduct ourselves. And if we're so stuck in our political persuasions that we can't even, I'm not going to witness to you because you're a Republican. I'm not going to witness to you because you're a Democrat. How many know that we're, 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 we're way out of the way? We're far, we're, we're like, we're, we, are, we are too dug in. And I think we always need to hold these things loosely and we need to hold on to Christ very, very tightly. And know that at the end of the day, you read the book of Revelation and all through the Bible, it's all about Christ and it's going to end with him. And that's the way we need to look at it as believers. And so I would encourage you, yes, to get involved and, and uh, you vote your conscience and you do all those things that a good citizen is supposed to do. But your allegiance must be to Christ. It must not be to any man, any woman, or any political party or agenda. Your agenda and our agenda and my agenda is the agenda of Christ, period. If there's anything else, then we're not being truthful to ourselves. All we're doing is talking a good game, but we're not living it. And if we're going to really be able to have an impact and see this nation change, and I believe that if the church will pray the way the church, and one of the things about the church was make, will make it unique is that the church is, should, is made up of people of all nations of all race of all people and what makes the church a beautiful thing is that people can look at us and see our different background but Jesus says you will know that you're my disciples because we have love for each other and that well you know well I don't like this about you and I don't like that about it but you know what love just somehow just put that aside you know we all can we all have our preferences right everybody here got a preference on something but when we're at a point where we can put our preferences down and begin to say, you know, you know what? What's more important is, is that, that I love you and that Jesus Christ's life is being manifested through me to you and vice versa. And when the outside world see us with all of our differences, they look at us and say, wow, what? these people got all this. And yet they're still able to coincide together. That's something amazing. I, and I, I'll close with this. It was a. Uh, Grace Covenant Church, a church, and I, I, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times in, in my sermon, but I remember driving up there one day to see uh, Sister Danelle had got ordained in ministry, and uh, she's spoken at our church on a few occasions, and uh, I remember driving in the parking lot, and it was 2008, it was the election year, and I drove in the parking lot, and I saw, and I'm like, I saw all these uh, McCain bumper stickers, and I saw uh, um, Obama bumper stickers. 
And so I'm riding around the parking lot. You know, usually you go to church, you see one, you know, everybody don't be mingling like that, you know. And I drive up in this thing, and it's like, I look at all these cars. I mean, they're all just mixed in. But, you know, it's like when they came into the house of God, when they came together, that was a secondary issue to them. Nobody argued about that. Nobody, because, you know, and what struck me was that these were educated people. These were people that, that they knew politics, that, you know, had resources. And, and yet, when they came together, they were, nobody was up there arguing like, you're wrong, you're, you're, you you bad person because you voted for that. But you're the, it was none of that. It was like they saw Jesus. That was it. I said, that's the way the church ought to be. Because we got to transform a culture. So we got to be ones that go into a situation and win them all. But how can we win them all? We limit ourselves. We only see it through one, through one venue. And so let's pray tonight that God help us. And I really want to pray for our nation tonight. I want us to pray that God will move and that there will be a spiritual outpouring uh, in this nation, in our country, like never before. Um, because it's needed. It's needed right now. And, uh, and I just sense, and, and I, and I got to tell you, and, and, and one of the things that really was jumped into my spirit is I just, I just sense that, that America is at a real crossroads. I sense that. I sense that there is something on the horizon that is brewing. And, and if, you're, if you're not, and you got to, and listen, let me tell you, we got to be praying because there's a responsibility that the church has. And, uh, and I believe there's a prophetic element that there's something ugly that is brewing. And I just got a sense in my spirit that something terrible is going to happen. And I believe that God is calling us as the people of God to intercept it and to stop it and to pray. That, that, uh, that God will just, uh, God will have mercy on our country. And that God will have mercy because at the end of the day, um, we have to be uh, those that will shine the light, and we have to give people hope no matter how bad it gets. We have to give people hope because there ain't no hope in nothing else. There's no hope in nothing else. We have to give people that hope. Amen. 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 Let's pray. So. We-